And at this time, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our speaker extraordinaire this morning, a woman of great courage, wisdom, and wonderment, a woman who has just spent a week with 400 teenagers. May I welcome Reverend Catherine Cardinal. Good morning, everyone. Brought this just, just back from uh, teen camp where it was 100 degrees during the day. I didn't know if I might be cold up here or not. So, it's my great pleasure to be back, and it's my great pleasure to be speaking today for Reverend Patrick, who is also traveling and going through a growth experience. He is in New York at the Omega Institute in some kind of personal retreat, and I'm not sure which of the wonderful speakers he's off to hear, but uh, they have so many great ones there that I can't wait to hear what he has to say when he gets back. So, let's just come together in grounding ourselves and centering ourselves as we do to continue the service, but to become really present in this moment. And we do that with affirmative prayer. So if you feel called, I invite you to close your eyes and become centered and grounded with me in this moment. And I will do this affirmative prayer, spiritual mind treatment, in the first person, and I invite you to take the words as, your, as for yourself if they fit for you. So being fully present in this moment, opening up to the presence of the one, the presence of love, the presence of beauty, the presence of peace, this is spirit. It is all that it is, and it is all in life. There is nothing other than spirit. So I allow myself to connect and commune and be spirit-expressing for that is who and what I am. So I know in this moment, I allow myself to really tap into this source of all of my good, all of my greatness, all of the peace, joy, beauty that I am, and allow it to be expressed into this world. I let go of any ideas of limitation or lack or small thinking that is holding me back from really stepping into the truth of who and what I am. And that is the ability to co-create my life experience, to be fully present with each person in love, in peace, and in beauty, and to offer my gifts and talents to the world, stepping into the greatness of life. So I know this is already done in the mind of the one and in that great spirit, for, and I am experiencing it right here and right now. I'm in great gratitude for it. I allow the gratitude to be all that I am. I let it be, I let it go, and I invite you to join me in saying, and so it is. Thank you. So thank you, Elizabeth, for that wonderful introduction. And it's true, I did just come back from teen camp. Last night, our how many of us were there? 16 total of us returned from Idlewild, California, where we spent a week in love, in peace, and in joy, and a little bit of chaos this year. This year was the first time that... That's not true. This is the second time we've come together with our sister organization, the United Centers for Spiritual Living and the International Centers of Spiritual Living, to come together and have a camp. We had an experiment camp 10 years ago. 
And it's taken us 10 years to decide to try that again. But that was where some of the chaos came from. This time, we came together with the full intention of integrating and staying integrated. Because our two organizations are integrating, and it's leading with our youth. And so we came together in camp, we came together as lots and lots and lots of different centers, different ways of doing things, different ways of approaching how we do spirituality. But the thing that is the same for all of us is that there is one spirit, one God, one life. It's operating in, as, and through us, and we express it and create magnificence through our life work and being, just being who and what we are. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that chaos and how that integrates and is a metaphor for all of our lives. But I want to wish you first happy Independence Day. Today's July 4th. And happy Canada Day. We had the great opportunity to celebrate Canada Day while we were in the States. And we decided as a teen group that we were going to actually celebrate among our brothers and sisters from the U.S. And our team had the opportunity and the responsibility for something called the Great Awake first thing in the morning that day. And we did that for three of the days of camp. Where we came together for, at 7.30 in the morning for an hour. Uh, the first most important responsibility is to make sure that we're all there. A little bit of chaos, trying to make sure we're all there. And then come together in some kind of activity, and we chose to do unconditional love activity. And we did that for a while. And everybody like, juiced up on love. What a great way to start the day. I invite you to think about, do you start your day in and with love? Grounding ourselves in that spiritual practice practice of unconditional love absolutely set the tone for the rest of the day. It was Canada Day, so we wanted to have a little bit of fun. And we did our guided meditation that day, inviting people to, you know, join us in the tundra as we left our igloos to have our huskies take us to work. Really stepping into the joyful laughter and fun of spirituality and guided meditation. But then we sang our national anthem. And we sang it in both with the first part in English, then a bit in French, the piece in the middle in French, and the last part in English, honoring the unity among us as a teen group, honoring the unity among our nation so that we can model that to the world. And then inviting, after we finish the Canadian national anthem, to invite our U.S. counterparts to join us in singing the U.S. National Anthem, again honoring our unity among all nations so that we as a teen group could model that behavior to our world. And that set the tone. It took away that idea of national borders or national pride of one group celebrating and not another. But we all came together in that love of who and what we are, recognizing and honoring that which makes us a little bit different but you couldn't tell a Canadian kid from an American kid. You couldn't tell a kid from an International Center for Spiritual Living or a kid from a United Center for Spiritual Living. You couldn't tell an adult from one or the other because really we're all the same. And that's what life is all about. So we integrated that throughout our week. I want to do a quick shout out because it's very interesting how things work in divine right timing 
being in the right place at the right time. And we come together in camp in groups of family groups where we have one or two, well, sorry, we have two or three adults who are the mom and the dad, or the mom and the mom, or the dad and the dad, or the mom, mom and dad, depending on how it all works, and then your youth. So in our group, we had a mom and a mom and a dad. And our dad, or, you know, my counterpart, our dad is Joshua from Falls Church, Virginia, who the first thing he said to me when I said, I'm from Edmonton, said, I listen to the podcasts all the time. So we want to say hi to Joshua and know that we are making a difference in this community into all of the Centers for Spiritual Living, all out. And isn't that a wonderful thing that we were able to do and create by putting our podcasts online? So out of all the people that I could be paired up with, it's someone that listens to our talks and has a very grounded and is part of our community in a very um, social networking kind of way. So our camp theme this year was Strip Away and Enter Great. Strip Away and Enter Great. And that's a great metaphor and analogy for what can we do in our lives. What do we have to strip away from our experience to be able to enter the greatness of who we are? And it was a bit of play play on words as well around the integration that we were doing as a community. Stepping away from our ideas of us and them, and I really like my way of doing things better than your way of doing things, and integrating into something new. That's what created some of the chaos this week because we were going through the change curve of letting go of all of our traditions. What traditions would we be able to keep? What things did I really, really, really love that I may or may not get to experience this week? I went through that as much as the teens did. And we were given the opportunity to see how we would respond to this change. Given the opportunity to see how we might react to this change. So guess what one of the first ones was? We had a no electronics policy this year. So imagine teens without any electronics. Imagine adults without any electronics. So that wasn't just our cell phones, which has kind of been a thing in the past, but you were allowed to use your cell phones during rec time previous years, and you could text home. So I prepped all of our parents to make sure that they would know that they wouldn't be hearing from us, and that they would just need to trust and know that their kids were okay, which they were. In fact, they were better than they were okay. They were great. But the no electronics policy created a little bit of angst for all of us. Now, having no electronics, meaning no iPods either, really did allow us to be much more present in the camp experience. And that was the purpose of it. However, no one really explained to us that that was what the purpose was. It was on the form, and if you'd read your form, you would know that. But you know how sometimes we just don't read the small print? Sign away. So we had the opportunity to be fully in the experience of being present with one another, being present with ourselves and our feelings and our reactions to all of the workshops and things that we were going on, the things that were going on. Yet, at the beginning of the week, when the, within two minutes of like getting off the bus, a bag was thrown at us, and this is what you need to put your electronics in. It was kind of like thrown into that chaos, an uncomfortable moment. That is what change is about in our life. 
change that either we welcome or that is imposed. And some ways of helping us through that change is having more information. So our kids, because I do read small print, our kids were a little more well prepared for that. So they knew they needed to get all that texting out of their system on that last five minutes up the mountain. And they were ready. It did create some ways of showing up for us. So, you know, when you're in a little bit of resistance, and it's something that we create in our lives, and we're in a little bit of resistance about it, we find all sorts of reasons and excuses to support, and evidence to support our story. So, one morning at the Great Awake, we were doing an unconditional love activity, and a young lady fainted. And we had help to her right away, there were advisors right there. And in the lunch line that day, I heard someone say, You know, it took 20 minutes for us to call the nurse because we didn't have our cell phones. You know, and every minute counts to when you have to call 911, which we didn't call 911, we got the nurse. Now, you know, the nurse's cabin and the nurse's,、uh, the ca- her cabin and her nursery place where she was giving meds and all the kinds of things, that she was a very busy woman. We need to send her love.、Um, lots of love. It was a five minute walk away, but it would have taken us 20 minutes to call. It took us 20 minutes to call in someone's story about it because we didn't have our cell phones. We had a doctor with her like, immediately. You know, all of those things, but we find the evidence in our story. So this story is about camp. But my question to you is where do we find evidence in our world when we're going through change to hold on to our old ways of thinking? How do, what evidence and stories do we create or make up? I need to also tell you, even though we didn't have cell phones and Twitter and all those kinds of things, when there was something going on, it spread through camp like wildfire, even without Twitter. It was quite amazing. I'm sure last night, there were Facebook lines had lit right up as 450 people went home and they were like uploading all those pictures. The piece around integration is how do we integrate these things into our life? You know, I was excited that I thought we're going to come back from camp, we can have a camp talk, and we'll have all these kids here and share what they want to do. But the kids taught me something yesterday, and some people are here and some are coming to the next service as well. But this is the first time that we've come home on a Saturday, and they opted to sleep in. They are integrating what we've learned this week into. Their regular life experience. And I needed some time to think about that because I thought, oh, that kind of changes what I'm going to speak about a little bit today. But it's actually very wise because as we enter our greatness and we've stepped into someone new, or someone new, revealing more of who we are, which may be some new behavior, may be some new thoughts, we need to figure out how we're going to make that work with our current structures. And so, Coming home on a Sunday and having a week to process things in our regular life is different than coming home Saturday morning and showing up at church on Sunday. And I honor the teens for that and honor them for saying, you know, we need to have this time. Although that's not the words that they used with me, but that's pretty much what they meant. <laughs> so my question is what do you or what do I need or want to strip away? To be able to enter into the greatness of who we are, the greatness of who each of us is. And how can we then strip that away and be able to integrate?
who we truly are into our life experience. When we have a growth experience, what, how do we bring that into our structure of our life with our friends, with our family? Most of our parents know that when their kids come back, they come back different, so they are ready. They come back more mellow, more excited, more glowy. The kids open up over the week. How do we do that in our experience? How do we open up the space in our world for when we're going through a growth experience and we're revealing more of who and what we are? I would suggest one of the ways is through communication and through love. Talk about, talk, 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 talk to people, talk to ourselves. What is it that I need in this moment? How can I experience and be who I truly am and allow that to be? One thing that happens at camp for me, or when I go to things like the summer conference as well, which is in three weeks if anyone wants to come, I'm going to invite you to come with me again, the summer conference in three weeks, is that I become very present. And I enter into a place where I seem to be manifesting things much more quickly. Now, I know that I do that a lot in my regular life as well, and I don't know if it's that I'm not quiet enough or present enough to notice it or to pay enough attention, but when I, I would say, I need to see so-and-so, and they would be right there. I want to talk or I have a question. I'd ask myself a question, think, oh, I have to go search somebody out to find the answer to that. It would show up for me. I was totally, totally present and in the flow. And I want to share a, a quick story about that. One of the nights, I was walking up to see Faith Rivera and ask her if she could support us in the morning with some music. And Jamie Lula, one of the other musicians, came out of the production room and said, we don't have a DJ tonight. Now, that was kind of coincidence, synchronicity number one, being in the flow. I turned to Jamie and I said, Jason could do it. One of our teens, who has done Spirit Rave here, mixes techno kind of music and is in school for that, had his equipment there because he flew back to Vancouver to go back to school instead of flying back to Edmonton. So I knew he had the equipment and I knew he loves it and he's done it before. I was in totally the right place at the right time for that to happen because I had decided to go see Faith. I could have gone and done something else. There's so many ways and coincidences for me to show up there. But then it was rec time. And this camp is fairly large. And I thought, how are we going to find Jason in time for him to be able to set up? Because this, this spirit rave is going to happen in three hours, and we have dinner in between. And I walked out the door with Jamie, and there's J Jason coming down the hill. Number two. Go up to Jason, let him know what's happening. He said yes. That's Jason stepping into his greatness. He said yes. I'm now off getting something else ready for dinner. And he comes up to me and he said, do you know where my bag of electronics is? And I went, no, isn't it with the cell phones? No, it's not with the cell phones. I said, it's supposed to be with the cell phones because he had a fairly large bag of electronics. So I'm like, okay, well, let's figure it out. I think maybe Dr. Gary maybe locked it in his trunk instead of maybe if it's not with the cell phones. So off he goes. He comes back. Dr. Gary doesn't have it. Okay. So um, let's try, we tried another person as well. About 10 minutes later, we just were, I was so impressed with this young man because his life is in that bag, stayed calm and collected. 
And he came back and he said, no, I don't have it. E- they don't have it either. And so another 10 minutes goes by, and one of the other advisors came up. She goes, is it a black bag with orange? I'm like, I don't know. She said, I found this under the, we found it under the table where we dropped all the electronics. Now, this table is outside, so I'm very thankful it didn't rain for three days. I'm thankful no one thought it was a bag of really great electronics. And so that was coincidence number three, that in that 45 minutes, we found everything we needed to make sure that the spirit rave still happened that night because there had been a problem with our DJ. That's how being present shows up in our life. So my question is, how does that show up for you? How does being present in your life maybe open up the flow of spirit and good to be fully present, to be available? I absolutely know that all of that happened not because of the spirit rave, not because we would have figured something out, but because I would have been in a panic Saturday morning if we couldn't find that bag of electronics when we were collecting cell phones and needed to get onto the bus at 7.30 in the morning. Can you imagine us with luggage from 450 people looking for a bag of electronics? That is what being in the flow is about. And I don't think, I'm, like, I'm thankful that the DJ didn't um, follow through on his original commitment so that we could step into that, that process and know that we were fully supported in everything in the entire work. That is synchronicity working when we allow it to work. So in integration... All of these pieces keep coming back to the integration and how do we integrate these ideas into our life? We also had, um, throughout our group, throughout the week, a variety of things that appeared to be like sickness. And we did lots of spiritual mind treatment, affirmative prayer with people as they were experiencing some of these symptoms, me included. And I always said to the kids, spiritual law supersedes this. Spiritual law is more powerful than anything you are experiencing in this moment. Spiritual law can be bigger than this for you. And they believed me. And we moved through, you know, aches and pains and sniffles very, very quickly. But those aches and pains and sniffles were because we were holding on to old ideas of who and what we were our resistance about going through the change and really stepping into who we want to be and who we really are. And when we get back to the truth about remembering that spiritual law supersedes anything, including sickness, we can remember that truth of who we are and allow that healing to happen like that. We do treatment with one of the young ladies who needed to speak and give a speech, and two hours later her voice was back. You know, when we're, when, we're, when we're holding on to the old idea of, oh, that scares me, or I'm not ready, or I don't think I'm able, those are the kinds of things that hold us small and allow us to, you know, play small. And we were encouraging, and I'm encouraging each of us here to, what is it that allows us to play big? What allows us to be that greatness in our experience? How can we enter great and then integrate that into our life? That is the question for each one of us, whether we're 13 or whether we're 80. What is it for you? What is it for you today? I want to tell you about one other thing that was really exciting happening, and that is our Malawi School Project. Four years ago, the Malawi School Project 
was born or flowed through, and we committed to building one school in Malawi. After visiting there, one school became three schools, and then three schools became 20 schools, all in one district of Malawi, with the idea not of saving the world, but about changing consciousness and changing conditions to allow something new, a new thought, a new belief to come forth. And this year, we added another piece to that. And I'm going to give you a few stats about those first three schools, because we have now built 14 of the 20 that we've committed to do. Of those 14 schools, we're giving a safe, structured environment to 6,200 children and 2,000 adults who've never been to a school before. Included in the commitment that we have partnered with the group that we've partnered with to actually do the building of schools is that our International Centers for Spiritual Living said we want to make sure that women are given the opportunity to go to school because knowing that that changes generations because women can teach their children. And we've been able to keep our ratio goal is 50% girls to boys and we've been able to maintain 49.5, which is much higher than general, than lots of the other schools in the area. And it's because of the consciousness that has been gone into the consciousness of our kids and the consciousness of our communities that are raising money, that are sending people to help build them, and and just sending prayers. Every year we do something that we can send to Malawi. This year it was um, some felt pieces that we infused with love and lots of great affirmations that will be made into baby blankets and sent off. Um, It was going to be candles, but we had to change that up because the whole candle thing wasn't working. We're going to send light to Malawi. In in the schools that um, we've built as well, the volunteer hours of the community, they really have taken ownership of the schools in their community. Twice as many volunteer hours are given to the schools than any of the other build-on projects, build-on being the the organization that we partner with. We have an 80% success rate for teachers to actually stay at the school because they know they're actually going to be paid because we've committed to be be there, not just build the school, but to sustain it for a certain amount of time until the school itself can be self-sustaining. And the growth rate for the schools is 11%, and the standard is 4%. So that's what having consciousness around a new idea, having an inspired idea, can do in making a difference in the world. The first three schools that were built three years ago, because we started the project four years ago, but needed to raise the money, those first three schools are already becoming self-sustainable. And the way that works is that because we have committed to the initial funding to allow to make sure the teachers will stay, that the community knows that it's a safe place, the adult education component, which is key for our organization, it allows adults to start to re- realize new ideas and learn about hygiene, HIV, around business skills, and a whole bunch of other things. And so the whole community is benefiting from these schools. And everything shifts within the school and within the community. And that's what we talk about in a new thought teaching. Change the idea, change the thought, and you will have a different experience. And so then the schools really function quite well because of the community support. The government sees that it works, and then the village is more self-sustaining, and the schools become self-sustaining, and the government helps support them. And that is the type of work that we are doing as a larger global community to make a difference in our world. This year, we added another component to it. And our, as well as the cute little baby blankets that will be made, 
we packaged 50,000 meals that are going to be sent to our school districts next year when the group goes to Malawi to build more schools. So we spent one afternoon packaging um, 10,000 packages which will feed 50,000 people. And the intention, you know, how we do things with our group is, is often quite interesting and different. We put letters into the boxes. We were given some information stats and, you know, you know, we partnered with a group called Outreach Africa for that. We put letters into the boxes so that people will be able to read these letters and know that they were sent with love and that teens in another part of the world care enough to send food so that people can maybe have one meal a day. And we packaged, in the end, 50,120 meals that will be sent with the group next year. So not only will we be built, showing up to build schools, will be showing up with 50,000 meals. And we're taking it one step further, and so here's a bit of a, a highlight, that we're going to be having a day or a week, sometime whenever it happens, it hasn't been scheduled yet, which will be a Tom's Shoes Day. And I don't know how many people are aware of Tom's Shoes, but it's an organization that sells shoes, and for every pair of shoes that are sold, they donate one pair of shoes to a developing country. And Keith Cox, who's uh, Dream and Vision and spearheads this with a variety of people and visioned about this, not only do we want to build schools, take food, but we want to take shoes next year. And so when we have that week, we'll be asking everyone in the, in the Center for Spiritual Living community to consider buying a pair of shoes so that these other shoes can then go with us as well. And those are the kinds of things that we're doing to be able to make a difference, not in a missionary kind of sense or pushing our thoughts or views on another community, but by showing up as love, being who we are, stepping into our greatness, and allowing our overflow and abundance to be shared with the world, allowing people to have their own experience, and then choosing to have a different life experience if they so choose. That is what we're about. And so keep, keep uh, posted for that Tom's Shoe Day, because I think it'll be really, really quite exciting. So one other piece of really exciting news for our group, and I don't think Randy's here. I think she'll be here for the next um, service. But we um, changed our model of, of leadership as well, because we were changing all sorts of things. And we now have a leadership team within our youth group internationally, of nine people, different positions, and I'm really proud and excited to share that Randy Guthrie from our community is one of those nine leaders for our Centers for Spiritual Living Youth. So spirituality, entering greatness, integrating. It's so funny, I didn't ever consider today how when we integrate, we're actually being and standing in our integrity. For some reason, those two words didn't kind of come together for me at all, up until now. And I was looking in the Science of Mind textbook today to see what, you know, what great quote, what does, what does Ernest say about integration? He doesn't say anything about integration, but he talks a lot about integrity. So that is when we are integrated within ourselves, allowing ourselves to be who and what we are. And when we enter that greatness, and strip away that which no longer serves us. It's kind of like the Michelangelo carving David, or sculpting David. He didn't start with a picture in mind. 
he allowed that which was within to emerge and to be. And so that is how we do this as a spiritual practice. What do we strip away to allow what we are to come forth? Spirituality is simple goodness, human kindness, natural truth, brotherly love, and heavenly worship. To be spiritual is normal. I invite you to think about how are you normal right here and right now, living your spiritual life? What will we strip away, individually and together, to be our spiritual core, to be able to enter our greatness, and to be able to integrate who and what we are, and to be great in this world? That's the question for each of us, and I invite you to think about that this week, and just allow yourselves to be great. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.